0: Hey everybody, it's Kat, and I want to welcome you to our episode of Backstory Sessions. Uh, this week we have a really exciting guest for you, and I cannot wait till uh, we get into the the stories behind the stories of some of of the projects he's working on and of his life, anything that he would like to tell us. Um, so today we have Rick Cosnett of Uh, You may know him from Vampire Diaries, The Flash, Quantico, and uh, there are several others. And also, he's going to tell us about the very latest project that's getting ready to come out. Uh, And so, our episode is about the stories behind stories. So, uh, Rick, we want you to feel free just to tell us, you know, the things that maybe... um, People know the facts, kind of, but they don't always know, like, what's behind those, what led up to them. So that's what we're going to try to talk about with you today. And we want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Kat. That sounds wonderfully dangerous.
0: <sighs> great, because <laughs> we like living on the edge. Um, <laughs> so, do we? That'd be a great starting question. Do you like living on the edge?
1: I mean, I, I have to as as an as an actor. You know, I hate saying that um, because it it um it really is. You know, one minute you're you're really just rags to riches to rags to riches. I mean, that's very dramatic coming from someone who's been very lived a very privileged life. Um, but you know, I think I do. I, I, I pretend not to. Um, but I think the subconscious part of me just loves the, the thrill. You know which is one of the reasons why i think i'm always kind of just on time you know i love (laughs) i love to race um i hate i mean i hate it i absolutely hate it but i think part of me must absolutely love the adrenaline um which is why you know i I am a little secret heart i think in another life i would just have been wild and crazy i have to constantly keep a lid lid on myself
0: Wow. So, uh, who do you think you might have been in another life? Have you thought I about think,
1: that? I think, you know, some crazy poet who just lived fast and died young, who um, had had lived a double life with a family and, and had affairs and speakeasies and yeah. I think that's uh-huh. who I probably was in in the most recent one anyway.
0: Okay. You heard that here. I'm back three sessions. So, <laughs> uh, so let's just and give a little bit of background because it is unusual, um at least from the most of the guests that we've had. You're the first that um you were born in Zimbabwe, is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah. All right. I grew up then... in, I grew up in Zimbabwe actually. Oh, um, right, yeah, so, until
0: arts world like there? Did you have lots of opportunities to act and
1: uh, be in um, music? There's was, uh, my parents were actually uh, members of um, this music sort of uh, theater um, near, near, you know, in that town near Arden town um, of kadoma and um, at the Campbell Theater they, they did a lot of productions. My dad was always the lead, my mom was always um, in the chorus, you know, amateur productions of like Gilbert and Sullivan um, kind of like community theater. Um, and I sort of really just actually fell in love there to uh, the very beginning, um, you know, and my grandparents would play records and I was a very magical little child dancing, you know. <laughs> it was, you know, on the veranda the whole time. I mean, I did a, I did like Mrs. Tiggywinkle for my whole family when I was about two and a half. It's a Beatrix Potter character who's actually an old washerwoman that's who's actually a hedgehog. Um, so you know nothing's really changed since then. I think it was sort of innate in me. Um, but you know there's also there's also so many um, artists in in Zimbabwe of course who um, you know there's there's the reps theater in, in Harari there's there's a lot of little things going on but of course the infrastructure in a country um, you know during the white regime and then also of uh, uh, you know before, it, zimbabwe gained independence and then also under mugabe it was kind of you know i think it's been really difficult for people to to really truly thrive in their craft um so yeah um but there's a lot to go into there (laughs) sure
0: well so how long did you stay there
1: um so I, i left when i was 16 um, almost 17. I was a few months shy of 17 when we moved to Australia and my whole family immigrated there. Um, it was sort of to do with the land uh, got repossessed by, um, mostly by Mugabe. Um, and so we sort of left just before um, it sort of got really heated and uh, maybe a month or so before. Um, and we relocated to Australia and sort of started again in Australia. Um, You know, and then I went to school there. I went to drama school in Australia. And um, I lived in Sydney after drama school for about six years before moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow.
0: So um, what made you decide to come to Los Angeles?
1: Well, I always, you know, I think I had this very naive plan as a young teen. I was just going to move to Hollywood, you know, um, after school and thank goodness I didn't. But, um, you know, I, I think I'd always wanted to, to be a part of of the film, TV and theater industry, also in London and New York, um, and especially in terms of theater. But, um, so, you know, I had really, really big dreams. I'm very much an idealist, someone who believes in the impossible, which can be very disappointing a lot of the time, <laughs> um, but sometimes rewarding. And, um, So, yeah, and the catalyst was as well, I think that, you know, I was too scared to do it. I didn't feel like I had enough work, enough money. When I was in Sydney, I did a lot of touring shows, a lot of theater, a bit of film and TV. But I really met this life, this amazing life coach who was also an acting teacher. Um, And he was sort of the catalyst to... um, Really putting things in my head, you, like you, you know, of so in terms of self belief and confidence, which is the one thing that I was lacking. Everything else I'd really worked on my craft, I'd really worked on, you know, acting for a long, long time, but it was really that self belief, I think, that was the catalyst. And then I just, you know, thanks to him and you know, always these great kind of emotional exercises, I, I had the courage to just leap what, what you know. Way in, in places that I probably shouldn't have, you know, just dived into, um, but you know, big risk, big reward, I suppose.
0: So what is the benefit of self belief? Like how does that change mm. a person?
1: Gosh, I think it, it can be everything, you know, it all starts, um, as Tony Collette, um, who's one of my absolute idols, um, she, you know, the actress. She said, "It's it's really about opening up what's already inside of you, right?" So, all these things kind of live inside of us, um, and our self belief is one of those things. Now, what we tell ourselves really, you know, it's just pure physics. It really determines where we will get in life. What we because we constantly have this tape going in our heads. So, if we're constantly telling ourselves, "I can't, I can't," it does end up coming to fruition. And if you tell yourself i can i can i can it it actually does end up coming to fruition because um, the brain basically tells the body what to do you know um it's making a lot of sense now that i've I've been through this process but at first i couldn't really see that um so it can be everything you know it's it's basically um you know you have to you have to be able to see something and believe that it's going to happen um before you get there in order for it to start happening um, especially if you're going out on a limb in any sort of way, or really in, I think, in any anything that you want to achieve. So um, that subconscious work is really the most important thing you can do. Um, and in, you know, to be more specific, I'm talking um, about you know emotional exercises. I'm talking about therapy. I'm talking about um, you know reprogramming like uh, emotional memories around different, you know, there's so many different techniques to basically get you there. But unless you basically light that subconscious part of yourself on fire, you're just going to be basically dragging your feet the whole way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm articulating that correctly. But um, yeah, that's part of it.
0: So what was the first opportunity you had to kind of, you know, because when I'm listening to it, I, you know, like many, and maybe like you in the beginning, you might be skeptical and think like, oh, well, you know, that just sounds like I, I can have anything, mm-hmm. I can do anything if I just believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so what was the first opportunity you had to like put it into place, put it into action and see it like really is working mm-hmm. out?
1: I mean, I think auditions, you know, were definitely that for me when the pressure's on, you know, and all those voices in your head just kind of swarming at you. Am I good enough? Um, you know, is, am I, who says that other person is not better than, than me? They're actually American. You know, I, I'm trying to do the accent and, um, you know, all these kind of thoughts. That's when it really counts because you need, you need yourself as your bi- biggest cheerleader at those, in those moments. And for example, like with the, uh, my Vampire Diaries audition, I'd already got close to the last two for so many things, including like the originals, actually, which was a spin-off series six months before that. Um, anyway, I was going into the audition, and I had those voices again saying, you know, you're gonna. It was a huge monologue, like, you know, you um, don't mess this up, you know, you better not mess this up. Oh my gosh, what if you do this? What if you do that? And I literally was in the car outside um, on Sunset Boulevard, and I just started screaming <laughs> at this voice in my head. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, actors do a lot of crazy things to prepare, and, and I'm definitely guilty of that. But um, you know, screaming at this voice, saying "Get up," you know, get get away from me, or you know, just absolutely went for it. And I literally felt this little voice kind of scuttle. I had this image of scuttling right really into the distance, into the, behind this little rock, into this little cave, and you know, I walked upstairs. And then it was like, of course, I had to wait like 45 minutes. And I'm like, all oh, don't come back, don't come back, don't come back. <laughs> you know, keeping it at bay, keeping it at bay, keeping it at bay. Um yeah you know in hindsight i went in there i was really relaxed i did it once i absolutely nailed it of course i was like do you want me to do it in a different accent can i do it a different way i was so prepared as well which is obviously another thing you know it's not just the belief it's 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 everything that comes around with that so all the preparation i run it with like five different people all these different coaches like um you know and then i still thought i hadn't done enough um of course because i'm such a perfectionist so no, they're like, no, 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 that was great. That was great, you know. And I had to wait two weeks, but um, I ended up getting getting a role. Um, you know, but I think without that, for me anyway, it's, you know, we, we get weighed down by a lot of things that have happened to us in our childhood, things people have told us um, that can really hit our confidence. And I, I, when I say our, I just mean me, because I can only speak from my own experience. Sure. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, that's basically how one of the examples of how it's helped me.
0: So was Vampire Diaries getting that role? Was was that the first big break or?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It was, I'd done pilots before in the US that didn't uh, end up going. I'd done um, little parts here and there in films, um, things, commercials, and then yeah. I started getting really close to a lot of TV series, and then, um, yeah, The Vampire Diaries was my first big US role.
0: And so, what kind of doors did that open after, if any?
1: It was it was really you know it had it was really at the height of its popularity, and so I was really lucky to jump on it when I did, um, because of the fandom I suppose that came along with it. Um, and so I was able to kind of travel around the world doing these little comic cons. Um, I think probably people at CW, at the network and Warner Brothers, you know, could see that I could, you know, really hold my own. Um, they kept me on, I was supposed to do one episode, I did six and then I ended up doing 12. And then um, as soon as I died on that, um, I, you know, my, my net, I think my third audition after that, like a week later was was one, one of them was for The Flash. And so, you know, I think I'd put in the hard yards as well with that particular casting director and with the network. And so, um, you know, it was all kind of um, looking very serendipitous. Um, So then, and then then I became a regular on The Flash right after that. So, yeah.
0: So, what's it like playing a character that dies?
1: It's it's really bittersweet, you know. I always said I, I dreamed of dying dramatically on television. <laughs> when, I was, yeah. when I was in grade three, there was this um, program I don't no one remembers it except me called Thunder Sub, um, which is like this anime cartoon um about these submarine wars. And there was this little boy called Rick and his twin brother, and um they were really sick and they, you know, and he ended up dying in this, you know, like um, glass capsule and bed. Um and <laughs> This girl April, you know, with her anime tears coming down her face, crying over her and I was so affected emotionally by it the next day at school I just went around telling everyone that I acted in the cartoon. Um and <laughs> half of the people believed me. Half the people were like, hang on, wait a
2: minute.
1: Um and so <laughs> my dreams really came true a number of different times. Um on TV. But it's it, it was it was really quite it's quite nice because people, you know, get so emotional when they see me, um, especially with the Flash, because I was I, was, I ended up becoming surprisingly beloved, um, even though I was kind of the, you know, the, supposedly in the comics the sort of boyfriend anyone right. no likes. Um, but it was you know, um, so yeah, people would come up to me and say, you know, I'm I've never cried in my whole in my whole life, like grown man. I cried when Eddie died. And it was it was very bittersweet. It was it's was a beautiful beautiful thing and also such a sad thing like to happen. But yeah,
0: and does it ever make you think about like your own mortality? Like how I mean, does it be like okay, well maybe this would be the way I'd like to die in real life. <laughs>
1: not until this very moment cap that's so fun that's so great you just i never had that thought before actually and um i never likened my character's death to my my own mortality and that's probably because i'm just a shallow person (laughs) um well leave it to me to be in there like bring that out yeah wow okay um well, I will now. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. I do I do think about my immortality though, um, but never through the eyes of my character. I don't know if I would ever shoot myself in the chest, um, <laughs> but you know, because it would be quite a bad way to go. Really painful. Yeah. And well you know that's one got...
0: advantage like you you get to see all these ways you don't want it to happen so <laughs> and
1: know, this is so true yeah, you have
0: control over that's really good you
1: know the other time i got my eyeball split open and all my guts ripped out um <laughs> not optimal and the other time i jumped out a hotel window yeah. well you know i as mean long as it's a nice one
0: yeah, not, I mean... Not like
1: the Marriott or something. It's not, not, that, not
0: everybody <laughs> could say they die that way. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, pretty interesting to me. But uh, I just said wondered if you ever, you know, if you'd ever thought about that. Right. And,
1: uh, you know, well, now I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great see and uh, i'm sure you i'm sure that you will give that more thought and like one day when you are on you know in that final moment you're gonna be like oh my god that question, that's really I really i can tell her
1: <laughs> yeah. it's really sad and really full-on and amazing i love <laughs> it i love it. that's so great well make I sure think, it is so what, is dramatic this, you is know, and i same... will
0: cry i will definitely cry it's when i same... hear I'll be like, oh, the oh, no.
1: same, yeah, as when I was on TV <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> It'll be like 2019, hopefully. I mean, who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, besides dying, you know, what is it about a character? You know, why do you like doing this? um
2: mm. because-
0: You must get attached to the role, like when you've played it in a series, especially. Mm. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I do it because I just have this kind of like um, frenzy, (laughs) this crazy, just crazy love of, of being, of telling stories, you know, this crazy love of like my imagination and letting other people see that you know for some reason it's just so i have such a deep love of it i mean um and creating a human being uh, you know who has all the workings of you know that's what i aim for at least to to create almost like another human soul you know who who has all the same feelings and thoughts and and and, 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 and terrible shortcomings and and all the rest of it not that eddie had very many shortcomings which was what was so lovely about playing him too um you know is that he was sort of everything I think my dad always wanted me wanted me to be
2: <laughs> um
1: you know he's what you're, you want, you want people to be he's what you want your child to grow up and be very able very um sane <laughs> um but um I've, I've lost i've lost i've lost my train of thought what was your question happens to me a lot
0: <laughs> you know, like what is it that you like about being a character, and you know what keeps yeah, you I drawn think, into it?
1: I think you you sort of you know you fall in love with them, and those are probably the the characters that you end up playing because you end up getting a part because you're so fascinated by them, and um, there's something that really turns you on in so many different ways about about the script and then the way that you know they're all crafted in terms of how they the circumstances and how they all interact and um, that was definitely the case with the roles I played um, and in particular Eddie um, because I think I played him for the longest time on TV and he um, you know became yeah absolutely became the best part of me I think I used all the best parts of myself in him, Because you always want to try and use, you know, what you have and I just highlight those To put into the character. So, that, you know, that is the most authentic Way you can kind of convey that through through your work. So um, Yeah, I think I, I was very attached to him and I think we were all, you know, the seven of us regulars that started out um, at first anyway, we very attached to each other because we'd sort of, you know, really cre- created the show together um, and it was really exciting and it was really sad when I died, I think, for everyone, it, you know, got, got really kind of sh- shaken up by it. Yeah.
0: Well, does it ever work for you the opposite way in that you, you take something from the character and, um, instead of taking something from your life and bringing it to the character, you take something from the character and, you know, it becomes a part mm. of you then
1: yeah i think definitely with eddie i hope i have taken on you know his um he has he has the ability to really rise above um you know rise above things and always take the higher ground um and be that person who i suppose is always connected and centered to their what would i you know my one of my therapists would call i sound like an absolutely crazy person because i am (laughs) um (laughs) one of the people at the facility um my my course you know his core self his core self which is everything that's sort of underneath all your conditioning and um uh, you know your you know your everything that's good and connected in the world yeah so i definitely have become a lot more grounded i think over the years as much as i you
3: know would you would you say would you say you became more grounded because of the roles that you played and the things that you took from them, or just because you're getting older and you know, you kind of go through what you go through when you're younger and then as time goes on you sort of mellow out and figure out what's
1: you know yeah Matt I think it's I think it's definitely a combination of those things I think I've taken um, you know I my brain does work in some really good ways in terms of you know taking the good um good experiences and and definitely learning and optimizing my brain likes to optimize my experience of life i think um so you know because our neurons are so you know elastic and and so i think i've yeah i think i have and i think it's also definitely an age thing um that you start to Realize what's actually important because you get kind of thrashed over and over again sure. <laughs> By life. Yeah, um And also, I think it's a matter of the fact that, you know that i've also tried really hard to do a lot of my own work In terms of transcendental meditation, which i've been doing for years now um You know life coaching um, just trying to get my bloody act together. Mm. Um, in a lot of different ways in terms of using my own natural energy um being true to who i am making sure that i um, you know don't have any sort of blocks as well right. um so i think it's a, been a combination of all three definitely and, and i only really the only way to gauge it sometimes is when you have a really bad day and then i sort of think oh my gosh i used to have these days all the time <laughs> you know now it's sort of once in a while yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> so, um, before we get into your latest project that's just getting ready to um, to come out, um, the pandemic. Uh, some of our guests, you know, said that to them it's been, uh, you know, a horrible time, like on a humanity level of you know loss of life and all the things like that. But um, that on some. Uh, personal level, it's been a time that they've really reflected and refined their skills and you know, done a lot of soul searching. So, what's it kind of been like for you? Yeah,
1: it was, um, it was kind of, um, you know, I mean, it's obviously been such a terrible tragedy. And for me personally, um, you know, I think having to just stop everything was um was really an interesting interesting journey because um i'd also luckily i just started this kind of um, life coaching course um which is more just around like your mindset around money and abundance and i started this abundance meditation as well um so and I was also on a cleanse. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious listening to myself back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so funny. It's really like <laughs> very existential. Um, <laughs> and well, we so, love
0: humor there. So.
1: And so, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: With those two things in place, as it sort of started, to be honest, I was pretty motivated to be really healthy and just kind of focus of, um, and just go, I sort of went into back into boarding school survival mode. Just was cause I went to boarding school when I was 12 and I was such a mummy's boy. And, um, you know, we got bullied and all the rest of it. Uh, and so I think I was just kind of on this little trip, you know, looking back on it though, I, um, put a lot of things in place. I think I made a lot of life changes that I wouldn't have made. Um, had I had the distractions, um of, of every day you know normal life um so in that way you know my life is 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 changed uh, for the better in a lot of ways now you know I'm in a new place i um there's a lot of things that have changed um and um yeah you know I think I think coming as well from Zimbabwe having you know you know moved so many times having been sort of you know, um I didn't feel that threatened, as, as you know, um, by it. I sort of just went back into my, I guess, old survival skills. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, we are ready to hear about this latest project. And if you could tell us, you know, how it came to be, how you got involved, uh, we want to hear all about it.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's called to me monk, which means I miss you. It also means in French, it's a kind of a phrase that means I miss me in you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a true story written by the, um, and directed and produced by Rodrigo Bellot, who is originally Bolivian. Um, he was living in New York. This is basically the story. Um, he met this guy who was also Bolivian, who was in the closet and they had this amazing um, romantic you know, meeting and they ended up being boyfriends in New York and um, he would go back from Bolivia but he was from a very conservative family who was not okay with him being gay yeah.
2: um,
1: and I don't know if they even knew um, so then what eventually ended up happening was his boyfriend ended up committing suicide because he was he was so kind of torn and unhappy And then once, um, on Facebook messenger, his dad, um, back in Bolivia ended up contacting, um, the boyfriend in New York on Facebook messenger one day and ended up FaceTiming and had this crazy exchange, really emotional, heated. And what ended up, what ends up happening. And I, you know, I obviously don't know how to give a premise without giving it all away, but I'm trying. Um, so he, um, the the dad from bolivia basically comes back to new york to to try and understand what his son was going through and um it's a really beautiful really heartfelt very hilarious uh, movie which actually got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes it was also the um official selection of bolivia to the to the oscars um so it started as a play in bolivia and um all these actors all these male actors were in this play about of this exact story that i'm telling you um and um gradually unbeknownst to the director you know what started happening because they started telling him was that people in the cast started coming out as gay um the, the people that were gay started started feeling okay to say something and it sort of sparked this movement of sort of telling the truth um, in Bolivia, really, where, you know, it is still very taboo, and, um, you know, that is also documented in the film, so the film also follows how the play, um, it's very, very cleverly done, um, there's three different actors that play one character, um, so it just really hits you, and um, on a really subconscious level, uh, you know, I was sitting in a, the first screening of it in Hollywood and I just was an absolute mess. Um, you know, I was, I, I really was, it, it really is a very powerful film. And it also, you know, I, I actually, you know, I've been gay, obviously born gay you know because that's how it works but um (laughs) (laughs) i sort of decided to tell people who um apparently didn't know when i was 19. um but then i didn't really say anything when i got into the industry over here because i just had you know managers and agents and publicists trying to do the do their best by me and just ask me what do you want to do about it you know because um it is still a thing in hollywood now obviously less so than it was 10 years ago when i lived but um you know so anyway i i came out on my instagram like a year ago because i realized that i was kind of lying by omission um and it sort of coincided with this film coming out too so you know we've had screening for the academy members with uh, q and a's afterwards and i would just i just felt really free to speak up and say you know hey this is my experience um this is my experience of hollywood um, I'm ready to just, you know, just, just be myself, um, and, and let it, you know, not be an issue, obviously years down the line. Um, and, you know, feeling emboldened, I suppose, by, you know, all the social change that's happening in our, um, society and hoping to be a part of, of all of that good, positive change.
0: Sure. And so... Coming out on Instagram, uh, was it on Valentine's Day. Is that true or is that? a
1: Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. That would be okay. kind of cool because if is it was true. Valentine's
0: Day, I gonna be like, okay, tell us the story. Like, why?
1: Did you... <laughs> yeah, okay, I had a bad well, breakup and I was choose... like, I need some attention. <laughs> yeah, why did you choose
0: Instagram? Like, what, um, you know, well, why did I you think
1: that way because, um. Because I realized, like, um, I I didn't want it to be a big deal, you know? And so, like, I didn't want it to be, like, an organized interview or anything. And I was just kind of feeling the spirit of truth that day. Right. Um, And was just, like, actually, you know, I was, was, to be honest, I was trying to think, like, what is holding me back? What is, I felt very stuck in the mud. I felt very creatively kind of... um, and I was like, "Wow, that's been that's a thing, you know that i that that I always kind of hide it on 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 Instagram and in interviews." Um, and I thought, "Wouldn't it be interesting if I just let go?" Um, so I did, and then I forgot about it and woke woke up the next morning, and my sister texted me and said, "Making headlines, dot dot dot." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then you know, it was just got picked up with story all over the world really i mean addison cooper was saying my name it was very bizarre and i was like wow i didn't know people <laughs> actually cared about me oh um you know i was like and also to some of my friends it was hilarious because i got, got this like ticket tape parade for coming out like like you know however many years after i actually <laughs> came out so they were like wow we're so shocked um this is such big news uh <laughs> But um, yeah, it was, there was a thing. And I think, you know, underlying it all as well, what I did realize was that it was some element of shame connected to it. Otherwise, why wouldn't I have said something before, you know? Yeah. Um, and there should never be, for the way that you, Mother Nature made you, like, there should never, ever be any kind, of, any kind of shame around that. And I, you know, I realized that it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. And-
0: hope people are really listening to you say that um and i hope they're internalizing that message so yes yeah, so
1: do i because um yeah thanks for saying that kat it's it is important we don't realize how many people are in all sorts of different situations um you know in terms of being gay or uh, being in the closet and you know it's so important it's such a beautiful thing it's basically you know and it's also just a lot of people stifle their um their mannerisms because i know i did um you know throughout my life trying to be more straight trying to be more x y and z and it's very damaging what other children can say to you or your parents or and the fact is that like you have all this awesome beautiful energy and it's all natural you know and it's a lot of the time with anywhere with gay guys it tends to be like you know they just want to like express themselves and dance and like you know have a good like time especially as children and I think um, it's really great that now you're obviously seeing that embraced a little bit more but um, it's a it's a beautiful thing and, and people should know out there if they are feeling a certain way about being gay that it is a beautiful thing and we all, no matter what your orientation is, you know, um, it is beautiful.
0: Well, Matt and I, uh, you know, we write plays. That's how we kind of met. we we write together and so forth. Podcast. Fabulous. And such, but um, you know, so it just kind of mm-hmm. um, it, it brings up a question that we've discussed a lot. Um, if if uh, before you had come out. Uh, you were deeply in love with someone and um, he he was, he, he wanted to be with you, but let's say his family was conservative or, you know, whatever, like it was not accepted and it might have harmed his career. Um, you know, would you have been willing to stay in a kind of closeted relationship with that person because you love them so much. Um, but they're kind of embarrassed of you because of the way society they feel society would react.
1: Yeah. Wow cow that is such a good question. That's such a good question. Um I That's think
0: two for me today. Two for <laughs> <big I>
1: chose... <laughs> <laughs> you
0: better catch up, Matt
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two one, and I know I'm squirming. Um, you know, I think. <laughs> what does Miriam Margulies call it? Crackling. It's crackling. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a legend she is. Um, but you know, I think. Uh, yeah, let's be honest here. I You know, I, I would because I'm such a sort of crazy romantic, and I. I I never really take care of myself enough, but I've learned to, I've learned to now. So I think, you know, in essence, um, obviously it would depend um, situation to situation, but I'm not gonna dodge a question like that. Um, So, you know, I I think it's such a hard situation because you know, you can definitely see their predicament. Their predicament is that these people probably gen- genuinely may not um, accept them for who they are. And that's very tough when it is your parent um, or if it's a career that you want to go into. Right. Um, I think that there are also a lot of false fears involved, um, no matter what the situation is. Sometimes, yes, they are well founded but a lot of the time it is a false fear that if you don't, they're not going to love you, which in a lot of cases is not actually the case. It's just really going to be very uncomfortable. Um, at first, it's going to be shocking at first. Um, but at the end of the day as well, I think I would be trying to push that person. If I was genuinely in love with them, I, I would actually be trying to make them see that the truth you know, is really the only way forward and if someone doesn't love you for that truth then it's really unfortunate um because i don't know if i could live my whole life that way right. um but if i you know love can do some amazing things and it's such a beautiful wonderful thing and it's not something that you would want to run away from either you know um, i would want to play it day by day and take it step by step um, and just try my best and, and kind of see, you know, if I could do anything and if, if not, you know, I guess you have to really be in the bloody moment for that one, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: See, I'm the romantic and and my answer is very, was very similar to yours. So I'm, I I get, I get that part of it, but uh, I can see where, you know, others would say that absolutely you know if someone's not ready to like you know introduce me to the world as their significant other or whatever then uh you know i'm not i'm not gonna be devalued uh, it's the way they might look at it
1: yeah right exactly and also coming along with that is sometimes it's not always just about you right it's about <laughs> it's about what they what else they've got going on which i <laughs> A lot of times as well. I, I find people say that to me a lot. <laughs> might not be all about you.
0: Uh, that's funny. I don't know. You're pretty interesting, you know? Like, I kill uh, off all my characters. Like, so when I read, you know, when I knew, like, you were going to be the guest and you die all these times, I was like... You know, this is going to be just the greatest um, interview. So I was so
1: excited
0: (laughs) to to get to do it.
1: Oh, that's so good. All right,
0: Matt, here's your chance. Here's your big question. What do you got?
3: I'm always like, uh, oh, can't you just write a nice play where no one dies and, you know, there isn't like too much controversy or whatever? Yeah. So, um,. So you this film uh, is out now or it's coming out or
1: yeah it's out in the US um, on video on demand okay. um, and also on certain other platforms I believe on iTunes um, and I also believe on Amazon um, that's what anyway, I did I did read that. Um, uh, and uh, and it's coming out internationally in I think a few months, and I think in October, and might be out on HBO Max. Awesome. Um. So anyway, it's on its way out in the rest of the world, and it's it's out um, in the US. It's available
3: in the US. This sounds pretty interesting. I'll have to check that out. Um... Yeah, yeah,
1: to my monk. It's it's got um, Rossi de Palma, who's a huge um, huge star in Spain, Mm -hmm. Um, and she's a fashion icon. Um, She's been in a lot of Pedro Almodovar films with Penelope Cruz, and um, and then um, Oscar Martinez, who actually won Best Actor at the Venice Film Festival, and he's a big um, actor from Bolivia.
3: Wow. So what's it? I mean, do you do you get starstruck uh, working with some of these people or?
1: Well, I did with Rossi De Palma, yes, because she had just done a film with Tony Collette called Madame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tony sort of plays, they, they, they're both the leads in it, and Tony plays this very snooshie English um, woman, and, and Rossi plays um, basically the maid who works at the house, um, mm-hmm. and it's all centers around Rossi, um, and it's called Madame. Um, And so she'd just come from filming that. And I was like touching Rossi De Palma, who just touched Tony Collette. I sounded really creepy. (laughs)
2: um,
1: Which which I am when it comes to Tony Collette. Uh, (laughs) Make no mistake. I mean, I nearly met her three times. I've actually run away every single time because I'm like, this is not not right. This is not right. I'm too nervous. (laughs) <laughs> um so so,
3: what, so so when when you yep. actually met her was that like a mm. uh was it what you thought it would be I mean some people say when they meet their idols it's kind of like you know uh, yeah
1: and maybe it's maybe that's what I'm scared of so um as well as I yes. was well disappointing her and as well as like I just, you know I'm like I don't want to ch- coming out now yeah oh my gosh you guys <laughs> look what you've done you're better than oprah <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know i i think uh you know i'm just always, <laughs> i've always just wanted to like be her friend yeah <laughs> now it sounds it's getting worse and worse yeah but you know like i kind of wanted to wanted to one day my goal my life's goal is to sort of like meet her on the same level so that she comes to, up to me one day like backstage or at a party and says Rick that was really amazing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I'll just kind of like light up a cigarette and say sit down bitch <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is, this is meant to be <laughs> um so you know before I've already like yeah I made a like scene or three. I was like backstage at Broadway play and I just kind of ran out into the rain and my friend's like what are you doing <laughs> <It> wasn't right
3: <laughs> what do you mean it wasn't right get your ass back in there
1: <laughs> yeah he's like uh, you only got the one life, <laughs> girl. It's like Yeah, you, exactly. You, you're not going to live forever. Right. You know? right. Anyway. How many chances but do you
3: get, right? There's time.
1: There's still time.
3: Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have you, I mean, I know you've been on a lot of different sets and done a lot of different things. Have you had any bad experiences? Like people, you know, you hear. always hear horror stories about directors and...
1: You know, yeah, well, I mean, I I think I've I've been quite quite lucky in a sense that like in a sense that I'm always so grateful when I'm on set. Like I remember on the Vampire Diaries. Right. One of the ads was always like he's like you know calls first team and he's like oh there it is the Australians always the first are oh, their marks. <laughs> we don't want to be sent home. <laughs> like, we just want to stay please um so you know like I just I'm always so appreciative like I'm like I can't believe I'm here and there's so many people to help me right. you know through this journey all I have to do is concentrate on acting right now which you know is just such a beautiful wonderful thing to, to be able to do um so I think I've been I've been lucky in that sense that I've always felt really comfortable um in myself on a set because I think I've been so grateful and I am very grateful for that now that I'm saying it. Sure. Um, But, you know, I've also, I've seen other people be in a place where the, you know, when the pressure's on and they're just kind of feeling a certain way and they can be a bit of a nightmare um, to, to be around on set. Um, And I feel sorry for them because they are having a terrible time and they're you know, they're just seeing red, you know, and they can't, um, you know, they're just having a tough time, you know, with everything. And and then of course the work and everything is kind of hard to do, which I have definitely in auditions. I have a tough time in in a lot of different areas when i get stressed. And my little sister can attest to this when we were living together and I was going through, you know, before the Vampire Diaries. And then when I was on it as well, like auditioning for other stuff and, and just, you know, behaving like an absolute lunatic because I was so, <laughs> I was under so much pressure and stress, you know, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and she was like, Oh God, I <laughs> roll, you know, um, Jumping but love, and lucky that on set, I'm a very good little boy, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh,
3: what is next for you? I mean, what do you got? What else you got going on?
1: So right now I'm doing this, uh, developing this TV show, um, and it's called Jill and Sue. Mm-hmm. And my friend Adam and I have been playing these two characters, Jill and Sue, um, who are these women from Johannesburg, South Africa, who have moved to the harbour front in Sydney, one of the most expensive suburbs called mm-hmm. Um And they're re- very rich, old money. And Jill, who I play, is a very conservative Anglican. Um, she's, her, her husband, Clive is always on business in Singapore and her twins, Charlotte and Charles, have just left home and she's left all alone with the, the Golden Retriever. And she's very, and, and Sue um, lives next door. Um, and she's also from South Africa, but she's Jewish and completely outrageous. <laughs> um, and she sort of comes along the lawn with a half a glass of white wine one afternoon <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. the whole thing ensued um uh you know the whole story ensued so what we basically came up with to start with was this instagram called at the Vaucluse daily it's where they basically report on the petty goings on in the suburb of Vaucluse <laughs> every day um very characteristic of white uh, entitled south africans mm-hmm. um protecting their waterfront properties Um, and so there are a lot of ex-South Africans in Australia um, so people can very much relate to it and it's become a little bit of a cult um, following in Sydney um, especially right now Um, so you know we're in talks with people and um, but The the saga continues daily on at the Walkley's Daily. Um so that's what I'm doing. And we're also getting all this kind of technology because we basically have um filters over our faces that kind of turn us into these women.
3: Ah, I was gonna ask. And then
1: everything from the neck yeah, everything from the neck down is is our own. And there's a lot of crazy fashion in it as well. Mm -hmm. Um I am, you know. So anyway, um that's what's happening at the moment. It's really, really fun. Um Mm -hmm. it's 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 uh yeah, it's, it's fun to see people just absolutely loving Jill Sue yeah. <laughs> as much as we do because it used to be something that we always did um, you know my friend Sophie is in, uh, involved with it too like uh, you know with friends and we would just have people crying on the floor um, and then we've been wanting to do something for it for a very long time so that was also something that lockdown actually um, came from lockdown is that Adam and I started that um, cool. in July last year um, and then, yeah, I've got a in the pipeline, which I am not supposed to talk about, um, which I'm excited about. So, hopefully, filming that mid to late summer. What was that um, again? Yeah. I'm sorry, we had a little. Oh, no. Did you get cut off? I, yeah. I can't say anything about it anyway. So, oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. uh,
3: so, is there one role that you're dying to do?
1: yeah um definitely um, I always always wanted to play Richard the Lionheart Richard the first and um I think it's a really interesting story um, and they're basically sort of fighting over the Holy Land actually which is almost like the Gaza Strip and right. um, Jerusalem uh, you know back in, in, in 1100 um and it's a, it's a story that really just you know resonated with me since I was really 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 it was the first dream I ever had. Um, I also really want to play a Zimbabwean um, farmer, mm-hmm. um, and so I have a script as well that we've done around that. Um, and yeah, I mean, we could be here all day. With yeah, things yeah. I want to do, but one <laughs> of them is HBO. I, I'm just, I'm so obsessed with HBO right now. I mean, from Succession to like Enlightened to now The Mayor of Easttown. Right. Um, oh, it's the art for me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> would you so um series wise on tv anything that you would really like to do with that i mean i know you're on flash and i know vampire diaries
1: and stuff but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like would you um like yeah like i would really love to be i really loved oh yeah i really love to be on a multi-cam comedy for sure you know, that mom is just ending. I think tonight, and I love Alison oh, yeah. so much. Yeah. The best yeah, person ever. Yep. and um, I would absolutely love to be on one of those. And I did a I did a pilot for one actually, um, some years ago, on this education, which was really fun with Mo Gaffney and Dan Castanella, who's the um, voice of Famous Instant. Um, it was so much fun and you get to work kind of normal hours Monday through Friday and you have this amazing show at the end of, fr- on Friday night in front of the live audience. And I absolutely love theater. So, yeah. um, that would be a dream come true. And then I'd also love to be on something nice and edgy and quirky and funny like Search Party. Um, I, I absolutely love Search Party, oh, yeah. which is now on HBO Max. Um, but it's a TBS, I think originally, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's so succinct. It's so, it says so much. And yeah, very true to, to cool. millennials in New York these days. Yeah.
3: So uh, you've traveled around a lot all over the world and uh, lived in the, have you lived in New York, did you say?
1: Yeah, I have actually. I, I lived there for about nine months ah, okay. um, back in 2016. And yep. now, now you're in L.A.? Yeah.
3: And so living, mm-hmm. actually living on the edge out there you know San Andreas and all that
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. Don't remind me. Keep, that there there it is. Yeah, me again. Of great it all together. Mortality, which I love to ignore things That's because I'm a British colonial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I know it's terrible. True
3: so we are approaching an hour and i know you have some things that you would have to get on to but uh any last thoughts you want to share with us
1: i'm i mean i would like to know now all about your (laughs) lives all about your backstories (laughs) i could see oh wow (laughs) (laughs) i'm fascinated because i feel like yeah i love that like you know matt you seem like more more of the as you said like you don't like controversy etc and then cat just kind of adds in like all the spice in there but then you kind of ground her it seems like a really <laughs> lovely little
3: yeah i'm constantly publisher. talking her off
1: the off the ledge you know but yeah you're basically jill and she's <laughs> this is how it's in our show it's why it's so lovely to have that foil like yep. we had on the, on the yeah yeah I
3: yeah, so if you...
0: rhyming names, Yeah, seems.
1: that too, yeah. Yeah. Rencat <laughs> is a brand, you guys.
3: If you, uh, <laughs> if you have time and, you know, you, you can listen to some of the r- r- first episodes of Backstory Sessions and you'll get a good
1: idea of, you know... Yeah, amazing. I would love to. I was listening to a little bit earlier. <clears throat>
3: um, all right. So if people want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Or maybe you don't want them
1: um, to. Call my agent. <laughs> give me a job, no. um
0: Instagram,
1: <laughs> right? Yes, Instagram. Thank you, Kat. um At Rick cosnet at R I C K C O S N E T T on Instagram is also. If anyone knows anyone at Twitter, my Twitter is still hacked. I think I have like a hundred and twenty thousand followers on there, and it's verified. Oh wow! Anyway, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> Um, but my Instagram is the best way right now, and also at the Vaucluse Daily. Okay. Um, that's Jill and Sue. All
3: right. Great. Uh, so, Kat, anything you have?
0: Uh, well, I, I think it's just been a great interview, just like I thought it would be. And I'm so glad that um, we had you as a guest today. It's been a real honor to get to speak with you and hear you share some of your thoughts and backstories with us.
1: Oh, thank you, Kat. Thank you, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure stopping by.
3: Yeah, yeah. We would loved having you for sure. Uh, so I will give my little spiel here and then we will call it a day. But uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments or criticisms, please send the criticisms to Kat because she loves those things. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she... Uh, you can write to her at iWritePlays at Outlook.com <laughs> or if you want to tell me how much you love the episode and you have questions for me, you can write to me at BackstorySessions ses- backstory at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. And with that, we thank you again, Rick, for being here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, you gave us some Thanks, guys. great really insights fun. and, uh, you know, A lot of the things, a lot of the things that yeah, (laughs) a lot of the things that you said in the beginning, like you know, with like visualization and believing in yourself and that sort of thing, is something that uh, excuse me that we've been uh, sort of hearing as a common theme throughout a lot of the episodes that we've done recently. And uh,
1: yeah, it seems to be the antidote to a lot of dark things yeah you
3: know? yeah i just yeah. find it interesting that you know really when you you know when it's almost like when you really have to perform and you really need to get something done that's when the uh best comes out i guess uh
1: yeah and that comes in handy yeah it really does yeah. And, yeah
3: and knowing how to tap into that is pretty crucial to success i think
1: in a lot of ways yep
0: I'm just curious, Richter. Like, you know, with with that belief, like sometimes, you know, you get like the almost same thing. But people would be like, "Oh, you know, well I look like this, but I, you know, I wanted to date this person who was like a celebrity, and they were this whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, know, all mm-hmm. I had to do was believe it, and you know, mm-hmm. I, you know. So how do you? I guess that's where like there's a problem for me like I become okay
1: yes yes because someone's probably someone's interpreting it in a very strange way right in a way that doesn't make any logical sense
0: right Um, like you can believe or make anything happen
1: (laughs) yeah you know it's it's used for things that you want to achieve. I mean, I don't know if that's something maybe that's an achievement. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's used for, um, you know, if you want to put in like X amount of, you know, you have to put in X amount of effort to get a certain outcome. I think it can really motivate you to get there. If you can see it before it happens, because that's what ends up motivating you and giving you its energy giving. So that's all it is. It's it's it it basically has a psychological effect to give you the energy that you need to get to, you know, a, a place now, of course. You just you just have to be sensible about it and have a brain on you and be like, Okay, you know, I can't help you there if you're doing if you're doing stupid shit like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, it's been so fun having you. It really
1: has. Oh my gosh, you too, guys, you too. It's been so, so fun. So,
0: well, I hope the universe brings you the death that you oh, wanted. Thank
1: evening. you. Oh. <laughs>
0: the scripted meeting you know, that you want.
1: I'm doing my exercises right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Totally bringing you. it all into fruition now. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: thank you so much for being our guest. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, you guys. You're, you guys are amazing. Right. Have a lovely, lovely afternoon.
3: You too, Rick. right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay.
2: Bye-bye.